you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books, then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha and David. Heyo! And we're gonna we're gonna mix it up. I'm gonna host tonight. We're gonna keep y'all guessing uh-huh. as to who's gonna host every night. But uh, let's see. So we got a couple of things tonight. We're gonna do something a little bit new. An idea from Backyard Tardis that he gave me. Uh, sometime back in like November last year, maybe that I've just kind of been holding in my back pocket for when we needed an idea. And uh, so we're going to get into that in a minute, but uh, we're going to open up uh, talking about some of the wizards of the coast fiasco. Now I'm not, I'm very interested in D and I like, but I've never played. Now I know David is a, is an avid player. So I wanted to talk about it with him, but, there's a lot of stuff happening here, and I, and I know that it looks like Wizards of the Coast has possibly backtracked and they put out an apology video or an apology statement earlier today. I'm curious to see what they actually backtracked on. But David, what's your kind of first impression of what's been going on over there? So I've read a lot of articles about it um, tonight, trying to really understand it so that I could talk about it intelligently here. And I cannot claim that I fully understand it because a lot of these articles, it's spitting out some legal jargon that I I just can't follow. But from my understanding, it seems to be that in the most basic of terms, Wizards of the Coast was going to make it so that they have to receive 25% revenue from third-party companies that make content for D&D. And it seemed seemed like that applied to places that made like Dungeons & Dragons dice sets and Dungeons & Dragons themed uh, equipment for the game and people who made um, like homebrew content that you could buy. Uh, Because that's a thing where like you just pay a couple bucks and you get like a written out sheet of somebody who made a new class you know homebrews when you you kind of take the mechanics of D and you and you use them to create your own thing and basically the and wizards of the coast was and, and originally it was it was an open game ogl stands for open game license and the license was that anybody and this is again most basic of terms anybody can do anything with it it's all out there in the open for you to do with D what you please obviously you couldn't make like D licensed official players handbooks or whatever but right. if you wanted to create your own class and then call it like blood hunter class for dungeons and dragons fifth edition you could put that out online you could sell right. it you could do whatever and they were looking to monetize that for themselves and say if you want to continue to use dungeons and dragons um, licensing things, you have to pay 25% uh, to Wizards of the Coast, which is just an enormous amount of money. 25%. That's no, an th- enormous licensing fee. Yeah. 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 There, and, and uh, there is no company on this planet that can survive a sudden 25% loss to their revenue. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's what would happen to these 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 smaller companies, these third party companies that have been making well this stuff. And, and people were not happy about this at all. There's been a huge amount of backlash. People haven't been really happy with Wizards of the Coast for a while now. They've done things that um, make players really question their uh, their loyalty to fans. They they've been pretty greedy yeah. in the past. Well, it is Hasbro. It's you know that's yeah. the thing people forget that back in like what ninety eight or ninety nine Hasbro bought Wizards of the Coast and I and that's what seems to me as I know Hasbro has really had their struggles lately financially and it seems like they just decided to monetize their player base in a way that they've never done before and I and I don't think I don't think they were giving enough credit you know D and D has reached the level it has because of the players and the creators not because of wizards of the coast because Correct. wizards of the coast always understood that we can create our rule book the player handbooks we can do a certain amount of content but we can't create they they knew that these creators out there could create so much more good content than they could ever create mm-hmm. so instead of Wizards of the Coast managing to turn out a book a couple of times a year, you get multiple uh, stories and campaigns and things that turn out every month because of creators. And it seems like Wizards of the Coast forgot where where it built its success and decided to try to monetize. And I, you know, I know D and D Beyond. I'm seeing numbers as high as they potentially have lost as many as forty thousand subscribers in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow! Just out um, of protest, yeah, and anger uh, with it, honestly, because it doesn't necessarily, from my understanding, it doesn't necessarily affect D and D Beyond. Like you could, st- as a player, as a player, you could still just continue to play and kind of ignore this if you wanted to. Yeah, but, as a as a player, it's going to affect you less than if you're a creator. Yeah. I think Wizards of the Coast was going to find themselves getting in trouble with some of the people they might have decided to go after over this stuff, though, because some of this stuff, it seemed like they wanted to try to capitalize. They don't actually own any rights to um, the die, like specifically things like the die sets. Mm-hmm. Like the D twenty has been around for a few thousand years. Like y- yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Fine Brothers trying to uh, put a copyright on the word React. Do you remember that? Like 10 years ago, it was a big YouTube controversy. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, it's like that. Like, yeah, no, you, you are the big one. You're the big one when it comes to Dungeons and & Dragons but and role-playing games. Let's not forget that there are also hundreds of other role-playing games that have nothing to do with you that use these same things like that use dice trays and dice sets and that can um and and buy this this kind of stuff um but yeah no as a player it wouldn't really affect you but i think that D is a is a very tight-knit community and players were like i'm unsubscribing just out of protest um right for what you're going to do to this thing and also it would affect the players in a way of like there would literally just be less stuff for you to buy as a player. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're you're strangling the the quantity of content that's out there. Um, and that and that was always the thing was Wizards of the Coast was previously not concerned with 
creating that much content themselves. They made their money on the players, on the on the players' handbooks, monster manuals, all that kind of stuff. That they actually had some, you know, some rights to the content that they were able to monetize. Um, now, as far as continuing to play, I have seen that D and D Beyond, the higher tier, is going to go as high as thirty dollars a month. Oh, it's ridiculous, and that there is intention of banning homebrew games at the lower tiers. Yeah. Um, D&D Beyond is one of those things that I was talking about where people are like not really, they don't really have a lot of trust in Wizards of the Coast because D&D Beyond, while it is a very useful tool, it is really greedy. Like mm -hmm. if, if you want, now here's, here's the thing. If you buy all the books in real life, but you want to use D&D Beyond, you still have to you buy have them to buy. again. Yeah. And so what happens is mm. you might have bought all this out to get into it, but then you go to D&D Beyond. We're like, oh, this is a good tool. But if you don't want to pay any money, you get access. Like, let's say you go to create your character. You get access to, like, the most basic of stuff possible. You get access to the main races. You get access to the main classes. And then within those classes, you get, like, none of the subclasses except for one. It's really restrictive unless you want to throw – an obnoxious amount of money at them yeah. and well it was the thing insane. it was a way to microtransaction the hell out of dnd mm -hmm. exactly and while dnd beyond is a very useful tool i i use it still because my friend decided he was gonna buy a bunch of stuff on it and this is something that they've also considered uh, that there have been talks of like we're not gonna do this anymore is my friend bought a bunch of stuff on it and then he created a campaign and then he put all of us in the campaign. So now we get access to all the stuff, like content mm -hmm. sharing. Mm -hmm. They don't yeah. like that. They don't that like that right. that's a thing because they want us all to separately buy the stuff. So I use D&D Beyond because I have access to all this stuff because my friend was generous and purchased that all for us and then created this thing where we could share it and, and look at it. But if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't use D&D Beyond. Because yeah. I'm not going to pay money for that. When yeah. I, I already own the player's handbook. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and you know, like historically, IPs are pretty protective of their stuff, right? They don't really want people, you know, like you can't go out and say, oh, here, buy my Cinderella costume on Etsy. No, they're going to come get you. Yeah, especially if it, you know, you know, if it's any way identifiably Disney, right? You can't be like, Darth's, you know, Darth Maul lightsaber. They're going to come and shut you down. But, and so, you know, so I'm kind of looking at it, I'm thinking it doesn't seem like as it's necessarily so restrictive in comparison to what other IPs kind of expect. But the, fa the, the issue is that they have built their fan base on this sort of open source yeah and it's not platform. new i mean it's been around a long time it's been open source for a long time exactly and now suddenly it feels like a betrayal and and what makes it feel even more like a betrayal i would imagine to a lot of these people is that that this was just going to release this was just going to come out 
right with no fanfare nothing they were just going to slip this in there without mm-hmm. warning anyone and someone at wizards leaked it right um so it's it's kind of interesting to watch because like i said it's i think that maybe in some ways they sort of overestimate what they've got yes um it's you know dungeons and dragons is maybe more popular right now than it ever has been before but that's because of people like critical role getting on youtube and making you know making content Mm -hmm. um and that's what drives people to their product so it seems like a better course of action would be to try and snap up some of these people who are creating D merchandise and be like, hey, if you come make this for us specifically, well, so that we was can another give part you of- even more money. Right. Now, I will say there were some parts of the deal where it was going to be way easier for you as a creator to create something and have it be an officially licensed Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. product. Um, yeah. It was going to make it easier for creators to do that. Right. So, I, you know, that's a plus. Right. But at the same time, you know, or 25%. Well, well, okay. So here's another part of that. And I'm sure this got, this is another part of what leaked was they pulled aside a few big creators in the, you know, kind of out there and made special deals with them for lower amounts right. to basically jump on board with this. Yeah. So basically if you promise not to freak on us, we'll give you, we'll sweeten the pot for you. Yeah. yeah and that's going to be really popular with the world at large. Yeah. That's the way to make friends and influence people right there. Ladies and gentlemen, the thing is, it's like, it's a, it's hard to imagine that, I mean, it, it's it's total self-destruction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, if they don't just, at this point, they need to just back down and say, hey, we're going to take some time and reconsider some of this stuff. Because they have dug a hole that they could literally lose it all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't understand. I think you're right where you said, like, Wizards of the Coast has overestimated themselves here. Because, like, People love D&D, and they're loyal to D&D. They're not loyal to Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast. Right. You know, if yeah. they, it was if always they, about having your own adventure, right? Yeah. If they pull this kind of crap, the, the players will just say, all right, screw it. They'll hunker down. They'll go in their little their little kit. They'll go on their kitchen tables, and they'll just right. do their own thing and never buy a single thing from you again. They don't need yeah. we don't We don't need Wizards of the Coast. Right. 100%. Wizards of the Coast needs us. And I think you're right that like they overestimate. They didn't really think about that. They, they, they thought they were bigger um, than they are. And it's interesting you brought up Critical Role because some of the language in the leak made it sound like they were even trying to target things like content creators on YouTube and stuff who make mm-hmm. content about D&D yeah. and, and, and targeting them and, and, and trying to get some of their revenue, which would be even more insane yeah. and disastrous and just such a disgusting uh tactic and a complete um ignorance of fair use which is already a big problem on youtube and mm-hmm. and so 
Yeah. Now they have kind of backtracked it a little bit. They released a statement where they were like, they basically said like the language was really bad and it wasn't well explained. They basically said like, no, 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 that's no, no, no. That's not what we meant. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't. We, that's not what we meant at all. That's not what mm-hmm. we meant at all. And and apparently tomorrow there's going to be a um a new OGL released to the public for everybody to read that is supposed to be more clear. I I don't know how much that's really going to help. I don't think it'll help at this point. Damage is kind of done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well and that's telling. what I, it's like. What I was saying a second ago. It's at this point everybody already feels betrayed. Not a good decision to make. Also right before you've sunk millions of dollars into a movie. Like let's, I, I, and I saw boycott D and D movie is trending. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Not because of anything to do with the movie, but because people are pissed at D and D. And so now, and, and I kind of wonder if this sort of, some of these decisions didn't have to something to do with the amount of money that they just shelled out to make a movie. No, it's because they have, when you go back and read the original stuff that came out after the new OGL leak, they're basically talking about all the ways that they're going to monetize Dungeons and Dragons across all media. So Mm -hmm. they're wanting to do video games and books and 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 tv shows and movies and basically they just want to try to branch out into all the different types of media with dungeons and dragons right which is fine mm-hmm. you can do that without targeting right the small creators mm-hmm. um, but i think this was some sort of effort to kind of try to rein in their property as they try to try to build their stuff up. But I, I don't know. Um, again, I, I'm not an expert on this. There's a lot of legalese in the statements. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some really good YouTube YouTubers out there, uh, including a couple of lawyers who've done good breakdowns on this stuff. But yeah, I, I think I think the damage is done. I mean, I don't think those 40,000 people that left your... Uh, your platform are just going to come back overnight. Right. No matter what you do. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. Anybody have any more thoughts on that? David, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, okay. I'll just say I'm playing D and D Saturday and I am doing it. And this is just coincidental. Like, I'm not doing this out of protest, but just what we're doing right now has zero anything from Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a handwritten campaign. Everybody made their um characters just on paper. I mean, and yes, the player's handbook like is a guide to that. So fine, fine. We use the player's handbook. I'll give them that. Right. But that's it. Everything else, it's all third party stuff like we like our dice none of it comes from which of the coast are we have dice trays and and dice towers and we have um uh, for our map we actually use this is a hack a, a, a hack for for those out there if you don't want to buy one of those expensive uh tabletop mats that that rolls out uh onto the table just use the back side of wrapping paper because it's actually laid out in a grid most of the oh, time yeah 
Right. Uh, and yes, you won't be able to erase it or whatever, but it's so cheap that you can just throw it away when you're done. Just roll it out what you need and draw on it, do whatever, then cut, throw it away for the next time. Um, but we're, I'm doing that. And if Wizards of the Coast closed tomorrow, we'd still be playing Dungeons and Dragons every weekend. Right. That we don't need you. You yep. need us. Well, and that's the thing. I think that they have lost sight of the fact that the tabletop gaming phenomenon is so much bigger than them. I'll go know. play Pathfinder, man. I don't need you. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out in the long run. Yeah, I don't think this is over by a long shot. I think there's going to be, depending on what that OGL, what what it, how it reads tomorrow, it could calm things down or it could just like, it could just be the kindling needed to burn Wizards of the Coast to the ground. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think it was a very, very ill-planned move on their part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine, if they had just put this in place and before people found out about it, I can only imagine how bad it would have been then. Mm -hmm. If this hadn't leaked before. All right, so we're going to move on to our second segment for the night. Uh, so this is an idea that uh, came from our good friend, the Backyard Tardis. And uh, as we move through these, I think we will have him on to do some of these with us. But what we're going to do is, so so I don't recall which podcast he said it came from, but it's not a new concept. It was, they were going around the table on a, on a podcast naming their uh, 10 pieces of media that they would take with them to a desert island. Um, and so Nick, uh, Nicholas had an idea to kind of make that a little bit more like our pillar series. So we're going to break that down instead of just doing all media, we're going to break it down tonight. We're going to do movies. So for each of us, the four movies that we would take with us to a desert Island. So that as a collective here, we'll end up with 12 movies. The only catch is you can't repeat you. So if you get to someone, you have to, you know, if someone takes yours, you got to move on to the next one down your list. Mm -hmm. So, so that we do end up with 12 by the end franchises. So of course, Marvel, I wouldn't say even have to say this about because it's a totally different kind of animal, but like, I'd say the one that I really have to say this about is uh, Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. or even each arc of Star Wars. So the original trilogy. You can't take the whole trilogy you got unless you're going to use three of your spaces for those yeah. movies. Right, yeah. You can only take one of them. So look, Lord of the Rings, you mm -hmm. can only grab one. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what we wind up with here. Hey, um, this, is, yeah. this is a little on the fly here, but I just realized, should we instead, since there's three of us, should we actually do five movies? So that way it ends at a more even, like 15, even though 15 is an even number, but a, a f more flat 15? We can do that. How's that sound to you, Marisha? That's fine. I have more than enough. You know um options i was thinking like pillars four four pillars but then before me and andrew were talking about it and we're not going to have four pillars in this series because we because usually it would be movies tv shows books and miscellaneous but mm -hmm. right everything in miscellaneous i feel bad and i want to split it up into its own pillars like i want a whole pillar that's just about games and a whole mm -hmm. pillar that's just about art or, or, or and stuff like that so so yeah. um yeah so we're gonna end up so, with more than four anyway. So right. we don't need to worry about the numbers too much. 
So just a, a kind of a, a, a heads up, like normally where science fiction, fantasy, action, adventure, uh, this one's going to stray. Yes. Outside of that, more into just general pop culture, which and, especially and what's fun about this is our pillar series, we kind of based it around like what is the most essential thing, try to take our biases out of it. This one is all bias. All bias. This is about us being biased. on a deserted island. We got a TV and a DVD player. What are we bringing with us? Yeah. What do we want to watch? What's going to be? And, you know, there's different ways to think about it. I thought about it a little bit of like, okay, so spoilers, like, I don't have Chef on my list, one of my favorite movies, mm. because I was like, I'll be on a deserted island. I don't want to think about all that food that I can't eat. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's the way of thinking. It's going to be it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I thought about briefly about the Patriot, but I was like, that seems like a depressing thing. Torture on a desert island. I want happy things. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's, where, yeah. that's where I landed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, movies is going to be interesting. It's going to be even more interesting as we get into you know, literature and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. TV uh, shows, I'm bringing Man vs. Wild so I can learn. Oh, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump right in. Uh, Marisha, I will let you kick us off. David, I'll let you go second. All right. I am taking... Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring first. That was first on my list, too. You have to, right? Like, so, I feel like that had to be the first thing, the first vote cast in this crew, unless possibly it was going to be uh, Star Wars. A New Hope. But Fellowship of the Rings wins my first spot. I mean, how could... It's just the best. Like, if there's, if there's one of even of the lord of the rings movies i'm just gonna watch just it's a little less um work than the rest of them you know it's it's hmm. more of it's a little more you spend more time in the shire of course and it goes without saying we're taking the extended versions because there's not even any point in the theatrical versions still being in circulation like why so anyway yes all right, so first pick, Marisha has put Fellowship of the Ring. Actually, not the Lord of the Rings movie that I would have put on my list is the one I would take if I was only taking one. So that's uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh, David, you're up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has been real hard because most of the things I love the most are franchises, and so picking just the one movie is quite difficult. But my first, uh, my first movie I'm going to go with is is. Um, actually avengers infinity war because oh. my first thought process was like okay well how can i get the most bang for my buck right and mm -hmm. infinity war it came down to infinity war endgame i think infinity war is just a more fun movie to watch it has almost all of my favorite marvel characters in it tons of action really good storytelling and character moments it's really funny it's probably the most rewatchable marvel movie in my mind so yeah uh, we're going avengers infinity war very nice. That's a good choice. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't imagine that will be the only MCU film on the list before we're done. It's possible. Now, mine. My first one. I kind of went a little bit different direction, and I didn't go for quite as big of a movie as y'all went for. When I think about a movie that, I you know, it's going to be one of the the four or the the five movies that I'm going to watch for as long as I'm stuck on this desert island. I want something that's going to make me laugh. And because of that, I'm taking Hot Fuzz. 
Hot Fuzz. <laughs> hot, That's hot, a good choice. Hot Hot Fuzz is one of those movies that when when anybody says name a perfect film, a, a perfect movie, a movie with nothing you would change in it, and you mm-hmm. get movies like The Princess Bride and Back to the Future, and I always put Hot Fuzz on that list. It is, in my opinion, an absolutely perfect film, and it never ceases to make me laugh. So that's my first choice. That's fair. That's great. All right, David. Oh, Marisha. Oh, Marisha, it's my turn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Well, I'm taking The Princess Bride because I like to laugh, too. Uh, It was on my list as well. I mean, there are very few perfect movies in the world. It'd be a shame not to take one of them. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Clever, huh? yeah no um it's all the things it's it's romance it's it's an adventure it's funny it's you know it hits all the notes you need a movie to hit so mm-hmm. if i'm gonna watch 15 movies forever this is gonna be one of them cool all right um, david so i have a huge list in front of me because i was i knew mm-hmm. someone get taken and it's just, now that i'm looking i actually put them in an order that i would take them but now that i'm looking at it it's it's really difficult to make these choices um mm-hmm. but you know i'm a big superhero guy so i'm gonna stick in the superhero genre from my list mostly and and, and take those because you know this is also just there's the viewpoint of that i'm alone there's also the viewpoint of like okay so the three of us are together and we each got to bring five, mm-hmm. you know? So, all right, you got that. Cool. I'll handle superhero movies. Don't worry about me. That's not, don't, don't actually like, don't not pick a superhero <laughs> movie just because said, anyway, uh, I'm going Spider-Man two. Oh, that's uh, great. The rain, the Raimi Spider-Man two. I almost went Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. And actually I, that might end up later. Maybe even Spider-Man three. If I go, if I feel crazy, get a full trilogy in there, but Spider-Man two, it's the perfect superhero movie. Uh, I, it's very important to me. I just met Sam Raimi as we discussed on my last podcast. So, you know, I'm a little biased right now, but Spider-Man too. Perfect. Very nice. So, yeah. So now I'm going to take the one that I'm sure everybody thought I would take as my first choice, because I had no fear about this one, not making the list. It's yes. going to make the list, but it's star Wars, a new hope. Obviously. I thought you'd pick empire. I'm going to pick that the problem with choosing Empire by itself is it ends. It's a cliffhanger. Well, it's not just a cliffhanger. It's sad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I did. I had the same thought, you know, like with the trilogy, there's something to be said. It is the best. It is the best Star Wars movie. For for the most self-contained story. Right. If if that's the one story you're going to get, you want the one that's just its own thing. And and that's the thing is, is. A New Hope is kind of like a microcosm of the greater hero's journey that mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker has. It's it's the whole thing. Like you you have the reluctant hero all the way through him embracing his destiny and becoming the hero. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm taking A New Hope. This should right, have been next Caravan of Courage. Oh, yes. <laughs> if Ro- if Robbie were here. <laughs> have no fear we would be taking at least one of those ewok movies yeah <laughs> all right um i think that i'm taking this is my third one right this is your third only one, got yeah. two spots left no no we're doing five each oh right? five mm-hmm. okay um i think that i'm taking back to the future too good pick because i love me some back to the future you know they all have a little bit of 
it's not like the first one is its own thing and it's not a cliffhanger. It's like you get to the end and they're like, oh no, gotta go. And Back to the Future, I just always love Back to the Future too. Because the great thing about Back to the Future too is you get to revisit some of your favorite moments from the first Back to the Future movie. So you get to do that. You get to go into the future, which you never don't get to do. And back, back to the future one. So, and back to the future three, I just feel like is, is fine, but it's just nothing to the first two. So that's what I'm taking back to the future two. Awesome. That's going to end up being a really nice movie list. I think so. Yeah. And you know how I'm starting to think about it now, and this is kind of fun. And, and, and guys, I want you to tell us in the comments or on Twitter at science fictionary, um, what you think. I, I'm kind of starting to view this as like a draft pick. Like we're mm -hmm. each drafting our starting five. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, who has the best team? Like, right. yes, all together, this is a good movie list. But like, if you look at the three of us separately, I want, I want backyard TARDIS to go on Twitter and tell us who has the best, who's got the best starting lineup here. Who's got the best team. Yeah. Um, good plan. So it's my pick now, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm on my third, and it's tempting to stay within the superhero genre, but I think I'm going to venture out a little bit, and I'm going to take Pulp Fiction. Ooh, very mm. nice. Perhaps one of the most perfect movies ever made, I think. Yeah. It's it's very hard for me to find a, a fault with, with Pulp Fiction, and it is extremely interesting in the way that it's edited and 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 shot and the the very um a whole bunch of bright characters there's some good action in it some really funny moments it's a great film having uma thurman to look at on a desert island isn't such a bad thing either <laughs> it's true all right so i'm kind of starting to get into the area and it's like oh no the first two i knew were going mm -hmm. and now i'm kind of like oh but, but, but if i pick this i'm gonna have to leave this one off I'm I'm feeling the same way. Uh, so I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I'm starting to feel the pinch here. But what trip to a desert island would be complete without Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl? Ah, uh, perfect. That's, a, that's fun. That's where has the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good pick. I did not expect that. That was not on my list, but that's that's fun. That's, that's good. That's excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a fun movie. It's a great adventure movie. It's also fun. It's funny. It's a really good heroic story. Got a very strong ending. I think it's everything you want in a movie that you're going to watch over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great the, music. Too. Music's a big one for me in this list. Uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely my, that's what my third pick. Yeah. So yeah, uh, these last two are going to be hard. I know. I'm like. I'm glad we went to five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn again? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. I have three different Cinderella movies on my list. <laughs> to toss up. That's three more than I expected from any of us. Should be chosen. Because we have. The Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Now, I do prefer the Julie Andrews version from like the original one from the 30s because it's just excellent. And, and I, I always thought Leslie Ann Warren was kind of nee, 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 nasally. That's the word I'm looking for. I never cared for the nasally aspect. But so there's, there's that one. There's 
the i mean of course there's a classic disney one which is not actually my favorite cinderella i do love the 2015 cinderella is so lush and beautiful and also i really really like ever after so i am i think that i'm going to go i think that i'm going to go and i'm sorry because y'all are going to be stuck with this for on rotation yeah on rotation but i think that i'm going to go with the musical version because i feel like i need music in my life and i thought about phantom of the opera but i was like that's a really dark thing to watch on a desert island on repeat cinderella on the other hand is happy so i'm i'm getting my cinderella and i'm getting my musical at one time i'm going with uh Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Very nice. That's great. And this is what we call the most Marisha answer of the crew. <laughs> right. Well, I th- my next one's going to be the one that, for me, is probably going to be the most Andrew choice of the bunch. Um, it's not one that I, I guarantee nobody else thought of this one. So I'll be curious to see uh, y'all's reaction to this one. But uh, David, you're up next. You know, this isn't my pick, but I actually had a musical on my list as well. Um, any guesses as to what that musical is? Hamilton. No. Greatest Showman? No. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, just for the time warp dance. Um, right. No, I'm not picking that one, but uh, it, it was a thought that I had. This is getting really rough. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a lot of honorable mentions, but this is my fourth pick. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to need some Star Trek in my life. I'm going to mm. need some Enterprise. So I'm going to pick. This was a hard choice between my favorite Star Trek movie and what I think is the best Star Trek movie. And, when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Wrath of Khan. I'm going to go Wrath of Khan. It was okay. almost first contact and it was almost undiscovered country and it was almost voyage home. <laughs> But uh, I'm going with The Wrath of Khan. Very nice. That's a good one. It's, it's such a, I mean, that's a movie we've actually talked about a good bit on here. Mm. It's just such a good Star Trek movie. Such a great film. Yes. In general. Yeah, that, sure. That's why I pick, like, I think First Contact is a pretty good film. I know people, I know Star Trek fans have their problems with it, but I, I just think Wrath of Khan's a better film. And if I, and First Contact might be my favorite right now, but like, if I have to pick one I'm going to watch for the rest of my life, I think it might actually be Star Trek The Wrath of Khan uh, because I just think it's better. Mm -hmm. And it's not Star Trek 2009 then? No. You know, that's number six, though. That's a runner-up. Okay. (laughs) All right. So this one is going to be probably the lowest quality movie that's coming on the trip. Oh, dear. Uh, Oh, don't hold your breath. But <laughs> it is uh, it is one of my absolute favorites. It's one I will watch over and over and over again. It's the Three Amigos. It, it is not, but you know, now that you say that, like <laughs> I could take the Three Amigos very happily to a desert island. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to watch Cinderella with me. I guess I'll watch Three Amigos <laughs> with you. No, the Three Amigos is that one of my absolute favorites, but I'm choosing because it's very different from my others and it's got a little bit darker flavor to it. Is Army of Darkness? Yeah, yeah, that is very Andrew. 
but it, it's such a good movie and like mm-hmm. you know it's like if you want it it, it contrasts so starkly from my other movies mm-hmm. while still having a sense of humor being very quotable but it's very fun it's very rewatchable without so pick. you get sort of get horror without going full-blown horror film so you're watching things you go what was that <laughs> all right and i'm not i'm next right you're next all right and i am bringing from my last selection much ado about nothing with uh kenneth brana and emma thompson because one should always bring a little bit of Shakespeare. And of all the Shakespeare, this is my favorite Shakespeare adaption ever. My favorite is the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet movie. Mm, but Not You Do About Nothing is so much happier than Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> you know, you're right. It is an, also an excellent adaption. Uh, I freaking uh, love that movie. Have you ever have you ever seen Not You Do About Nothing? No. Oh, you must see it. It's really excellent. So it's got... Um, Kenneth Branagh as uh, Benedict, and I mean, I, I know you did a lot of this kind of stuff. Like, you know the kind of the story from what you do about nothing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so Emma Thompson as Beatrice, and the best was, oh shoot, Beetlejuice. What's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is Dogberry. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Now, Keanu Reeves, not his most stellar work as Don John. But unexpectedly, Denzel Washington absolutely slays as the prince. So nice. So not the Joss Whedon version. No, I prefer I prefer the uh, the one from the nineties. It's, it's it's better than the it Joss is, Whedon. It version. is better than the Joss. The highlight of the Joss Whedon version, though, once again, is Dogberry. Do- Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion as Dogberry. Yeah, yes, <laughs> definitely worth a see. Nice. Right. Oh, it's the last pick. I'm dreading this. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm having trouble with my last one, to be yeah. honest. I got three I'd really like to put in there. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw out my honorable mentions, if that's okay. Sure. Um, So I can work through my process here. So I kind of want an animated movie, and I kind of want to take The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. But we kind of already have two superhero movies on the list. It's true. So do I need The Incredibles? I don't know. And then I'm thinking, man, I really love that Logan movie, but I already have Spider-Man 2. I don't need Logan. The Batman was really good. I kind of want a Batman movie. Uh, you know what's a really fun movie? Clerks. I love Clerks. Mm-hmm. Um, Clerks is one of my favorites I could rewatch over and over again. Um. But I'm going to go really out of left field, like really out there. Andrew, you said that Army of Darkness was going to be the lowest quality film on the list. You were wrong because I am taking Tommy Wiseau's The Room as my last pick to the desert island. Wow. Perfect. You know, I think that all art can be appreciated. And it'll be my personal goal while on this island to watch the room over and over and over again and pick up on every little subtlety and nuance that was put into the movie and truly understand that the room is the greatest film ever made. Well, that sounds like an undertaking. Okay. So uh, you've still got to go, Andrew. And then I have a proposition. 
Oh man, I'm struggling over here, y'all. Scratch okay. the room. I'm taking Ghostbusters. Oh yes. The room was it's a funny joke. It's a funny joke, but sitting here after as as my turn was slipping away from me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but as my turn was slipping away from me, I thought to myself, I can't take the room. What the hell are you doing, David? <laughs> I'm sacrificing my draft for a joke. No, no, no. I'm going Ghostbusters. One of the funniest movies ever made. Absolutely. And you know, you, you can never have too much of right. I mean, everyone wants to listen to that on repeat forever. Yeah, and having Sigourney Weaver to look at on a deserted island isn't so bad either. All right. So man, I'm I'm struggling with this one. Uh my last pick, I'm gonna take a really out of left field movie here because I would love to add another Star Wars movie. I would love to add another Lord of the Rings movie. I would love to add another superhero movie. I can't believe that Iron Man and uh, the Winter Soldier are not going to make this list. That was on my long list. My my uh, my pick was going to be Captain America. Yeah, and I and I was going to take I was going to take Iron Man. Almost uh, took Guardians. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy almost got swooped up. Mm-hmm. But I, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to a very out of left field place here. I want to take a Christmas movie. I'm only, you know, Interesting. 15 movies forever. And I, I'm going to take a Christmas movie and I'm going to take Elf. As one should. That's a good As choice. If you're taking a Christmas movie, that's a great choice. Yeah. You got to take something happy. I mean, I've already watched a Christmas story like 5,000 times in my life. I don't need to take it to a desert island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, that's a I, I I think that's an odd choice, but it's like I, I feel like I gotta have a Christmas movie on the list. Mm-hmm. No, I like that thought process. Okay, so I propose a bonus round of if you had to sacrifice your movie that only you would enjoy and everyone else would hate, such as Army of Darkness or Cinderella. What would you bring if you were being nice and buying and bringing something for the group instead of just for you? <laughs> I kind of already did that with my room then switched to Ghostbusters, I guess. That's true. Um, but but since Ghostbusters is my official pick, like that's the that's going on the graphic that gets posted on Twitter is right. Ghostbusters. Um what would I sacrifice? I don't know. I don't really have a movie that I think only I would like. No, I, I think yours is pretty well rounded. I think well, Aaron I mean, and I had glaring well, I mean, I've got Army of Darkness, and I know David's gonna like that. If I had to throw Army of Darkness out, I would replace it with Iron Man. Okay. I would say that the closest one I have to like just being a David pick would be Pulp Fiction, even though I know y'all like Pulp Fiction as well. I'd still call that the closest I have to being a David pick. You know, actually, maybe Spider-Man 2 is. I don't know. But if I had to throw it out and pull one in, I'd probably go, I'd probably pick um, a, a, a Return of the King. Very nice. I, I know That's we'd be one. skipping the two towers. But I think Fellowship and Return of the King are the best ones. So, mm-hmm. yes, we're skipping two towers, but we can fill in the blanks in our mind. That's fair. I so, mean, it's going to be okay because I'm taking the book. It's true. <laughs> um, so if I'm if I'm ditching Cinderella, then I'm bringing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's a good pick. You'd pick Last Crusade over Raiders. Yes, it's I Marisha's obsessed with Last Crusade. I like Last Crusade better. I don't like the melting people. Okay, let me let me rephrase (laughs) the melting people and the hearts getting ripped out really traumatized me as a kid. 
And I didn't see The Last Crusade till I was older. Also, I like knights and I like Petra. Mm-hmm. And The Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. So I'm taking mm-hmm. Last Crusade. Awesome. It's a Holy Grail movie. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah, Temple of Doom traumatized me for sure. Oh, God. Yeah, like, I don't think our kids have even seen it yet. We've seen, I think we watched. Don't let them. I think I talked about this on this show, but I saw Raiders at a sleep at a slumber oh, party that's right. <laughs> when I was it was before my parents divorced, so I was like six or seven. Who shows that to a bunch of seven year olds at a sleepover? I don't know. Not a smart person. No. <laughs> <laughs> not a person who wants oh i maybe a smart person maybe a person who wants all these kids to go away and not stay the night <laughs> i'm melting people that's amazing you know yeah raiders of the lost Ark and last crusade are both movies that while you're watching them you think to yourself this is the best movie ever made yeah absolutely and those are my favorite kind of movies. just yeah absolutely peak. they're not the best movie they're not the best movie ever made no. But while you're watching it, it feels mm-hmm. like it is. And that's and really I, what I like. I just love the Sean Connery and uh, Harrison Ford dynamic, too. Yeah, it's very good. It like, it's just great. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, any any other honorable mentions? I know y'all both kind of went through, mm. through a list. Uh, I mean, there's a handful of trilogies I would take, mm-hmm. you know, if. If that were the easy option here, you know, I'd love to have, yeah. but it's like, you're taking five, you're taking five movies mm-hmm. and three of them are the, you know, the same story. Right. Like you feel like you're kind of wasting your diversification of what you've got. Right. I did think about Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is definitely an honorable mention for me. Yeah. We didn't uh, end up with any animated movies, did we? Because we didn't, it's a great which I'm one. kind of surprised. And you named a great one. The Incredibles would be a, a very worthy addition to the list. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Ratatouille would be good, except I don't want to be thinking about all that food. <laughs> right, I know. And get um, sad that I can't the real have thing. It. Like, I mean, you know, so, but animated, there's no, you know, nobody put a Muppet movie on their list either. Oh, Muppet. Oh, my God. The first Muppet movie. Or the Muppet Treasure Island. Or... Oh, okay. So if we're taking a Christmas movie, we're taking Elf over a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, God dang it. Wait, I might have to replace. I mean, a Muppet Christmas Carol is a Christmas movie and it's Dickens and it's Muppets. That's all very true. It's shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying like, okay, I got to replace something with the Muppets movie. And I'm like, I got, I can't Ghostbusters. I don't want to take Ghostbusters away from you guys. That'd be cruel. No, we'll just have to. Maybe we can find some other piece of Muppets meat. Oh, we can just take the Muppet Show with the us. Mu- yeah, I mean, we still okay, got we'll TV be coming. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And- we'll be fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. And we're also, it's sing not real. So it's forever. <laughs> so, as far as TV shows, or we do, we have to pick an episode. No, we're gonna take whole. You can take, you, you can take whole a whole show. show. Okay. I'm taking General Hospital, so I get. I- endless seasons of television content if if you <laughs> right. made me if you made me pick certain particular episodes of shows it would break my brain yeah if i had to pick five episodes yeah i can't i couldn't do that we're taking the office olympics <gasps> we're taking Wait episodes i could replace okay oh no oh, but i'm thinking a whole different way because why take wrath of khan if i'm gonna get to bring the whole show oh that's true 
No, but I'll probably just bring next generation. Unless y'all think we need to pick individual episodes. No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Too much. No, you know what? No, I'm gonna keep her at the con because well, spoilers, but I could always just take like a different Star Trek show mm-hmm. than original series. It's true. So we're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I've sat here and thought about it. I'm going to replace Elf with the Muppet show. No, no, I'm not. The Muppet movie. Ah, it's so hard. But no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to do it. I, I think. I like that, my list. I think whenever it comes down to it, actually, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade might beat Cinderella. I feel bad for you, though, losing Cinderella. I know, but, but sometimes, you know. All right, screw it. We're making it 20 picks. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I I think that in, in the interest of everyone, not it would really be a shame for everyone to hate me because they were so tired of watching Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Everyone could enjoy it's not real. Jones. <laughs> we're not really going to the desert island. There are days where I wouldn't mind. Right? But like today. Uh, <laughs> all the kids are sick. Like, I'm really considering replacing either Infinity War or Spider-Man 2 with clerks. <laughs> all right. All right, like, so here we're, we're closing goes. in rapidly on an hour. So here is your yeah, yeah, yeah. last chance to replace a pick. Marisha, okay. are you replacing a pick? Yeah, I think so. I think what? Indiana Jones beats out Cinderella. And you're taking the last crusade? Mm-hmm. That's a big shift. It is. What about you, David? You making any changes? God dang it. Um, okay. Cause but well, okay, what's my I got Infinity War, Spider-Man 2, Pulp Fiction. Wrath of Khan and Ghostbusters, right? Those are my picks. Yeah. So I got Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters, Wrath of Khan, Pulp Fiction, Spider-Man 2, and Infinity War. Oh shit, I want Big Lebowski. Oh. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I would take the whole Blood and Ice Cream trilogy if it were. Yeah. You know, if it's... we were taking trilogies, this could be a lot easier. Is Big Lebowski funnier than Ghostbusters? I don't I've never seen Big Lebowski. Think, so I don't I think it is. I don't is think it so. is it Andrew? No. I, I, I don't think I think Ghostbusters is funnier than Big Lebowski. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, I'm and if you're taking no, wait, you never mind. You're not you're not taking Iron Man. I was gonna say if you're taking Iron Man, we get plenty of Jeff Bridges, but um right. no, I'm gonna go yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna re- no yeah, I'm gonna replace Spider-Man two with Spider-Man one. The mm. first one. Let's get a full story. Let's get a full completed story. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. All right, so you decided yeah. to replace Spider-Man 2 with Spider-Man 1. Yeah, I want to see the origin story. Yeah, I feel like if we're on a desert island, probably the standalone yeah. stories, those early standalone stories are going to be, on the whole, a better fit. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's quite a list of movies. Uh, I can't wait to see what everybody's reaction to our list is. Uh, we want to know, like, what did we take that you wouldn't, and what would you take? Uh, drop your five movies in the comments. <laughs> I'm so sorry, clerks. It's hard. It's hard. I have a clerks. I have a clerks. Clerks poster right above my computer, and it's just staring at Kevin Smith. Is just staring down at me in disappointment. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let us know what you thought about the uh, the new segment. I'm sure we will be doing more of these soon, as well as I'm. I am still working. I know we plugged some stuff with Muppets coming up and I am still working on that. It is absolutely going to happen and it is going to be a huge parade of guests on the show when we do that. 
Um, I've got a lot of people that have expressed interest in Maddie's coming, in right? To talk Muppets? Who? For sure. Great. My girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So uh, looking forward to all that. But let us know what you thought about the new segment. And uh, like I said, let us know what you would have taken instead of any of what we took or just your five. So that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. So before we wrap up, Marisha, where can people find you online? I like it feels disingenuous to say you can find me on Instagram because it's literally been months since I posted on it. But if you want to see old stuff that I have on Instagram, you can find me at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. <laughs> and I am P Padawans on Twitter occasionally when I'm in the mood, which is rarely, but you know. All right, David, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG peoples. Awesome. And you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com. You can find links to all of our content at thesciencefictionary.com. And you can find our podcast as well as all of the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. That's going to do it for tonight. Thank you. And until next time, may the force be with you. 